This is Danielle Krissa from The Jealous Curator, and this is episode 209 of Art for Your Ear. Today's episode is supported by Wireframe, a podcast that takes an in-depth look at how design shapes our lives. It is made for creative professionals like graphic designers, UX designers, illustrators, typographers, artists, and activists. But really, design affects us all. It's all around us every minute of every day, from things like our phones to street signs. Koivin, the principal designer at Adobe, is the host, and he's often joined by expert co-hosts. There is an episode from Wireframe's third season, they're in their fourth right now, that I'm going to share with you a little bit later because it's all about stress and anxiety, which is going to come up a lot in today's episode of Art for Your Ear. Well, before my perfect segue, though, I want to give a big thank you to Wireframe for being the kind of creative podcast that supports another creative podcast like mine. Search for Wireframe in your podcast app, and I've also got a direct link in the show notes for this episode over on my site, thejealouscurator.com. All right, back to stress and anxiety. Fun! (laughs) No, it really will be fun because I am talking to my good friend, Andy J. Pizza. Andy's been on Art for Your Ear, I think, three or four times, and I have been on his podcast, Creative Pep Talk, once. Hmm. Hint, hint, Andy. Anyway, (laughs) the anxiety part of this super fun episode is due to the fact that I've been feeling stuck in sort of a creative limbo lately. A funk, a block, a deer in headlight situation, you might say. <laughs> and maybe, I think it was a week or two ago, I read a post by Andy on Instagram where he mentioned feeling exactly the same way. What? Well, clearly, I had to get him over here to talk about it because every time we chat, I have such a great time, feel totally understood, and end up feeling excited and inspired again. Plus, my analogy game gets taken up a notch or two, at least. (laughs) Yeah, we've got a few good ones for you today, too. Um, There's analogies about dominoes, cicadas, boats. Yep, no analogy left unturned. Now, technically, today is a paint chips episode. So I asked Andy to grab himself some chips and to pick a few painters who inspire him when he's lost in a creative limbo. By the way, the artist picks totally don't have to be painters, but you know, the name falls apart otherwise. All right, I was running around like a crazy person before we hopped on Zoom to record this call. So in the name of transparency, I'm just gonna bring you in off the jump. Ready? Calling Andy J Pizza with a bag of pizza flavored chips in hand. Hello. What's happening? Oh my God. (laughs) I'm all over the map. Okay. (laughs) Woo, I'm here. And that's where I usually am. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, I'll just get ready. And then I'm like, oh, but what about this? And I forgot a pen. And then now this. And then, oh, God. And then, anyway, I'm here. That's me. When I'm in your shoes, when it's my podcast, I yeah. am in the zone every time. I know. Isn't it nice being the guest? It is. I love it. It's my yeah. favorite thing. You don't have to plan anything. You just show up and talk. And people are that's- like, oh, you're so great. That's the funny thing of anytime I hear anybody say, oh, I, I just loved being on other people's podcasts. So I just thought I had to create one. I was like, it's not going to be like that. No, <laughs> no, no, you have to be the crazy person on the other side. Okay, Andy, let's just start. Okay, let's go. Boom. Okay. Ready to go. Ready to go. I think we're just going. 
Okay. Hi, hi, hi. Andy. <laughs> I'm, honestly, I'm just pumped. Like this has been on the, on the schedule this week and I've just thought this will be really nice because I always, I always feel very comfortable and comforted to talk with you. I feel like I'm allowed to be normal, be normal for me. I'm allowed to be myself. Um, I was just thinking that. I was just like, well, I'm going to leave all that in where I was just like totally discombobulated this morning and running. I'm like sweating now because I've been running, trying to get organized. And I just thought, oh, but I'm really looking forward to talking to Andy. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can see in the video, I've got some severe gray roots going on here. So I have to leave. We can't go on too many tangents because I'm getting okay. my hair did. Okay. I will try to Okay. Keep so keep that right. in your mind. Okay. There's, there's a future goal. At the All end right. Of this. Okay. okay. So Andy, this is paint chips. This is um, the third installment of paint chips. Yeah. I got my so, chip. Now in this situation, uh, we just went and got our own chips. The first two installments I made the artists send me chips. Oh, I forgot. Because it's a bit of a it's a bit of a scam, really. I just sit here and people mail me chips. <laughs> it's an elaborate plan for getting chips. Really, I could just go to Seven Eleven and spend two dollars, <laughs> but I really like to take things to the next level. But anyway, this time, I said, "Just go get your favorite chips. I'll get mine." But then I was like, "Well, this I have to be kind of clever because it's Andy J Pizza." So. <laughs> Small town, there's not a lot of pizza chips, but I did find some weird Japanese pizza chips at 7-Eleven yesterday. And then I found out that you've got pizza chips too, though. Got some uh, Pringles, pizza Pringles. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to try not to into the mic. I've heard some people are very touchy about that idea. I used to, I think I told you this on my podcast, I I always thought, you know... um, I heard Jerry Seinfeld say once that he would call his friend and they would drink coffee while they were on the phone yeah. and they would even like slurp extra loud to be like, we're, we're drinking coffee together. And so early in my podcast, I used to drink coffee and leave the slurps in and like really quickly people were like, quit doing that. And then other people are like, I love it. And so I don't know, you can't win. So I'll try not to make it too, uh, yeah, explicit. I know. Yeah, I know. People, I've, I've had some people who think it's hilarious and other people who are like, yeah, no, I can't listen to those episodes. So <laughs> the last one I did was with my friend Penny Lane Shen and we had puffy cheese pleasers, like cheese cheesies. And so they melted in your mouth. So there's no sound. Right. People uh, love that. But I do have crinkly, um, it says pizza, melty cheese with a little okay. crown over it, um, flavored <laughs> chips. And uh, they will crunch. And people are going to have to deal with it because that's part of the paint chips experience. I love that you make creativity and art so accessible. Like the, I, I feel so comfortable being on a creative podcast where we're mainly talking about chips right now. That, that <laughs> feels very Danielle and it feels very comfortable to me. Well, that's the thing, right? Like it's my show. Yeah. I love yeah. chips. Yes. Why? Why, Why hide your love of chips just because yeah. you also feel comfortable in a gallery? That exactly. doesn't, they're not mutually exclusive. No, um, yeah. actually I did a, I put up an Instagram post yesterday by a Japanese artist um, who does like miniatures. And I saw this. Did you see I'm that with the crink- Yeah, where she's ironing chips. So there's a pile of crinkle chips and then on the other side it's Pringles. It's us, it's our episode. 
I love it. <sighs> it's so cool. Everyone should go see that post. It yeah, great. it's got a lot of people have. It's like, I don't know how many thousands of people. It's just funny. I like it when art is not, doesn't take itself too seriously, um, like us. So, Andy, normally we have a loose outline. <laughs> oh, we kind of do. I emailed you this morning and I was like, here, here's what I'm thinking. But, you know, you and I have similar ways of thinking and, um, similar subjects on our podcast about being inspired and, you know, setting goals and, you know, really living a creative life. But I read one of your posts the other day and I was like, is Andy in a bit of a funk? Because I am in a major funk and I loved the post because A, I love how honest it was and B, it's like a huge relief to be like, oh, somebody who seems like they're always inspired and always going hundred miles an hour also has days when they're stuck. And that made me feel a lot better. Yeah. That, I mean, that's very true. Also, you know, I'm a pretty, I'm a very emotional person. I, I, I share a studio with my uh, agent, Ryan, and uh, he's a very even keel person. And it really, the contrast after sharing a studio with him for a couple of years, I just like, feels like, he, when, when he comes in the door, I know what I'm getting every right. single day. And eventually I started apologizing because I'm like, when I come through, you don't know who's coming through. You just no. don't. Like it's, someday, the an, it's the Andy grab bag. What's going to be there? Nobody knows. <laughs> it's totally true. And I never really even realized how extreme it is. But, you know, another side of it is I have this podcast, Creative Pep Talk, and I have tried to get better of at capturing authentic low moments because I don't think it's, it's not really a pep talk to constantly come through with encouragement because it, it creates this false narrative that I'm always peppy when really, you know, I'm a big believer in giving, this is a Gary Shandling idea of giving what you didn't get. And a big mm. reason why I wanted to create a creative pep talk is a little bit because I am maybe good at pep talks, but also more that I need them so bad. It's just a need. I need to be pepped up. I need to remember why art makes life worth living and, and, and participating in that and why it matters. And I need those really weekly reminders as much as anybody, maybe more than other people. That's why I create the show. And so if I come, if I show up every time with, here's how I have it all figured out, it's actually not that encouraging because it, it's saying that, you know, you in this low place are actually, you have a problem when in right. reality, <laughs> half the time I want to show like, yeah, me too. This is, I struggled to show up every week and make stuff because I am an emotional being that's a roller coaster of all that. So yeah, I have those low moments and that post in particular, I just noticed that like half, I, this is just a theme uh, around June every year. I find myself doing episodes, which are kind of a mid-year New Year's resolution kind oh, of episode. Right, yeah. And it happens because, you know, our autopilot is coasting. That's, that's what it is. Like, you, you always are going to go back to not being uh, intentional. You're always going to fall into the rut of whatever, you know, what's comfortable, not your new growth, not where you're trying to be. And, and, and so not I feel the, like not the January, a, not the January you. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm a big, uh, I think there's a lot of nuance here because I, there's a part of me that's like, <sighs> except who you are, 
you know, be who you are, where you are now. But I'm also really grateful that I didn't stay where I was 10 years ago. So I, right. you know what I mean? So it's a weird, it's a, it's a balance that I try to strike. And I just always find around June, I can feel myself slipping on my intentions for the podcast or for my art, or, you know, I'm falling into patterns that I, I don't, I don't want to fall into. And so I always find around June that I'm starting to feel like I'm in a funk. Like, I don't, I don't remember why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm starting to phone in something or, you know, whatever. And that's kind of where that post came from. And also it came from, I think everybody's feeling, I saw a great graphic about COVID, which was like, uh, uh, it was like a calendar and it was like January, February, March. And then the March in 2020 loops all the way around <laughs> it back into, and it's like April uh, or uh, yeah, March 2020 went straight into April 2021 because we right. just skipped an entire year. And I think that was the other thing about the funk is just feeling like all everything that I thought was going to happen in 2020. You know, I had I had guests booked for the podcast that were dream guests. Like people are like, these are my creative heroes that I was going to meet in person that fell through. That you know, just all of these. I had these deals that were in the works that fell through. There were all these things. And I think we all got a reset. And, and, I, and there was a coasting. There was a, there was a coasting that was probably a good thing in some ways, but it was inevitable. And so I think also that post was just kind of like, hey, let's wake back up. Like there's yeah. some new possibilities. Um, so yeah. And that how, was do you feel, how do you feel about waking back up? Like, um, Cause same thing, like my kid's book, I didn't get to do, I mean, that's been my dream since I was seven years old. I didn't get to do a tour. I'm going to just going to do one this fall. Yes. I don't care. I don't care if it's a year old book. I'm going. Um, yeah. Why not? Right. Absolutely. If I can have a podcast about chips. I can go read my book a year later. I don't yeah. care if it's not fresh off the presses, but um, I, people think I'm really outgoing and stuff and I'm, I am. Yeah. But I also, I think we've talked about this, like after doing a talk or after like a live, you know, thing, I will go back to my hotel as fast as I can and yeah. put on pajamas and find some true crime and eat room service and go to sleep. Me by too. Nine. I'm exactly, I'm exactly the same. <laughs> it's like I give all of it and then I've got nothing. And so as disappointed as I was that all those trips got canceled, I was supposed to do TEDx Nashville, canceled, all that stuff. Now it's all kind of coming back. And part of me is like, oh, oh, I kind of want to stay in my sweatpants. And now, now there's no excuse because it'd be like, oh, sorry, can't COVID. Um, and now it's like, oh, shoot, am I like, I guess I'm going to have to find my energy again. And I think that's part of it is that I've, I have coasted and I'm kind of sleepy. Mm -hmm. um, I also yeah. had that surgery last June. So I did sleep a lot of 2020 yeah. in the beginning of 21. And so now it's like time to wake up. We're like the cicadas, Andy. Yeah, I know. They are a symbol of our, of our time in this century. Uh, I completely agree. And I, and I totally relate. You know, I feel like my wife caught the, like, we're both, you know, I don't know if we should go into this. I don't know if I should say it. We're both fully vaccinated, okay? I don't know what to. I don't know. I don't know if we want to go into that world, but we're we both are, and and watching. She got like kind of. I think she caught the bug of going, uh, ready to go back, ready to okay. jump in quicker than I did. I was kind of like, 
in your shoes, basically. I'm like, I'm not sure about all this. It's making me very anxious and I, all kinds of different things. Um, but I think, you know, your point about how you feel after a talk is really relevant because one thing I've tried to remember is that we love to store up energy, but we're not happy if we don't spend it. We, true. we want a cyclical thing. I think there's a there's a, um, a lack of wisdom in kind of a teenage mode of thinking that says, I'm tired. Like you get too much sleep and then you become more tired and you think, oh, right. I need to sleep more. But as you grow up, you're like, no, if I don't get out of bed, I'll never, f- I'll, actually exercising gives me energy. Like, get, you know, that kind of thinking that's a little bit counterintuitive. It's a little maybe outside of our animal brain that's just like consume calories at all costs because you don't know what's going to happen. There's part of me, even though I'm an introvert and I get intro, I get energy from being alone. I, it's not, it, it doesn't mean that I don't want to spend that energy. Yeah. There's actually a really like, you know, emptying out, going on stage, going and being social, all that, even though it's a cost, there's something very satisfying at the end of the day, going to sleep empty. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's kind of, I do, but I do think you have to use some of your, for me, I've had to like, remember you actually, there's a part of you that really likes expending that energy, even though there's a part of you that's desperate to avoid it. Um, and I try to, that's kind of what I've been trying to tap into. Yeah. And I think that's exactly like, that's how I've been feeling in the studio. It's how I'm feeling with all projects. I'm like in this weird <clears throat> funk. And I have this newsletter yeah. that my little no such thing as too much art newsletter. And every Wednesday is instead of hump day, jump day. So I give a creative yeah. jump starter project, right? I like that. A couple of weeks ago, the maybe two weeks ago, the Wednesday rolled around and I was like, I literally have nothing. I, I can't even jumpstart myself. How am I supposed to jumpstart these other people? And so I wrote, I have nothing. Um, and so what I suggested doing was go, what I w- and what I went and did was I just took a notebook, um, went and sat somewhere quiet. And, you know, if you are vaccinated or you can go sit somewhere where you're, you know, with you know, a mask and sip yeah. your coffee through it, whatever, <laughs> just go and write stream of consciousness write and so i was writing like all those things like what is the point in what i'm doing you know should i keep going in this direction blah blah blah, 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 blah. and it just went on for pages and pages and it solved a couple i think it answered a couple of questions but more than anything it was like that dump like it was just like okay it had just felt like bees flying around in my head and i needed to get it out because i i couldn't figure out why i was so grouchy and you know, had no direction. And, and so it's helped. I've been writing a lot lately, just in a notebook, just trying to figure out what's next. And maybe it is the cicada thing. Maybe I'm feeling like that because it's like, Oh shoot, the world's waking up. I guess I better wake up too. Yeah. I don't know. So, um, no, go ahead. Um, no, no, you go ahead. And then I was going to, I'll go back to asking you stuff that I, you know, I think that there's, um, you know, the writing exercise and that can be helpful. And I think also sometimes when you're empty, uh, I do think you just need to fill up. You just need to, what are the thing? This is kind of Julia Cameron art dates kind of thing of like, yeah. can you just, what just, what would make you feel full, like consuming? It's not, you know, sometimes it's be, like, you just don't have anything else to give because you're empty. So how do you, what are, what are the delightful things? What are the things that, 
you know, put you in that place. I put down when you were talking about being in a funk, I, I wrote down a few questions that um, have been helping me because, yeah, there's the mid-year slump thing and then there's the COVID slump thing and then there's the, uh, your creative journey, your journey as a person, the kind of deeper thread and pulse of who are you and where you're going. And I think that for me, if I lose touch of that, and I'm trying to just, you know, this idea of like, what got you here won't get you there. That's, there's right. like a business book called that. I don't know where it originates really. But that idea of like doing the, when the, when the same things that always worked quit working. Like yes. that's, that's when it's like, okay, I need to get, get reconnect to the story that the new story that's trying to be told. Yeah, you and, plateau think, kind of. And it's like, how do you get off that plateau? Yeah. And I, so I wrote down three questions that, these have been helping me because, um, uh, yeah, because I've been in that career-wise. I'm kind of at the end of a few journeys, okay. and I'm starting some new things. Uh, and it's a scary time, and it's a it's a hard time to really deeply connect to the pulse. When you're in the middle of the story, it's just happening. But when you're starting it, it's it's easy to. I feel like there's a lot of false starts. There's a lot of refusal of the call, that idea from the hero where they're like, they, you know, Luke Skywalker says no the first time around. Like um, that, there's a lot of that. And so when you're feeling that, I, these are, there's three questions I have that have been kind of helping me. One uh, comes from a spiritual teacher, Rob Bell. He says, where's the life? And that's, that's a huge one for me of like, and it can be over the past couple years even. I can think about what, what conversation that I have over the past few years where I was like, whoa, this is down the edge. This is like right in the present of this is where the life is going. This, this is where I'm like, I feel fully alive. And it's funny that you'd think, you'd think you'd just gravitate towards that, but it's so easy to have those conversations and then just completely forget about it. For me, it's all been around the idea of storytelling. When I've talked to, um, there's a storytelling expert that um, I've had on my podcast and um, his name's Brian McDonald. He's, uh, he has a podcast on our podcast network. And when I've had conversations with him, I am like, this is the edge of the story. This is as far as the story goes right now. Like this is, I'm on the tip, I'm on the, you know, I'm, I'm right on the heels of like the future self that I want to become. Uh, if I know all these are like, uh, you know, abstract ways of talking about it, because I can't really put my finger on what, how there is no literal interpretations and it is an abstract kind of thing. But I, when I have conversations with him, I am like, this is the edge of it. And I'm like, and, and so where the life is, I have to intentionally be like, okay, how do I book more conversations with him? How do I talk to people like him? How do, I, how do I read books about whatever this is? And I think asking like, where is the life trying to go now? That's a big one. Um, yeah, another two are one, one is who are, who are the allies that are showing up? This comes from Dr. Gene Houston, who's like a hero's journey expert, studied, studied with uh, Joseph Campbell. And um, that's another thing of like, who are the new allies showing up? They're indicative of the new story. That whenever you come on, come into a new path, new people show up in your life. And it's, uh, and I heard, um, Martha Beck, who's a really interesting, uh, thinker. She, she's like, um, one of Oprah's favorite teachers and she's really, she's really great. She's got ADD. She's, she's hilarious. She has a podcast. Um, 
she's a weirdo. And she said, um, she's like, you know, when you're a kid and you're getting onto an elevator, you want to get into the elevator before it's emptied. Uh, you right, know, right. Like an, elevator, an elevator has to empty first. And so sometimes when a new story is happening, people are leaving your life and it's really disconcerting. You're like, oh man, I'm losing my friends. I'm losing. But that emptying is just so that you can go up a next level. That's just, that's a, that emptying, they have to come out first before the new people come on. And I think that's another thing that I try to think of, of like, who are the new people showing up in my life that have the life and how do I make sure that I'm intentional about connecting with them? Um, I don't know if that's helpful for you, but that, that's it been totally is. It, it totally yeah. is. Yes. Um, the person that, that has come into my life recently is Pita Coyne. Um, I interviewed her last fall just because I think her work is amazing. And I couldn't, I had written about her and she posted and she commented on it. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. And so I re I thought this is, you know, you reach out immediately if they comment and I uh, said, do you want to come on my podcast? And she said, yes. And then she, we ended up doing this like mentoring thing. Um, well, she, she wouldn't say it's mentoring. She would say it's teamwork um, mm. because I'm quote unquote helping her too. Yeah. I don't see how, but she says That's that a I good am. relationship though. There is always a give and a take. Yeah. And I, when she first suggested it, I was like, I don't understand how I'm going to help you. Like you're kind of a legend. Um, but I actually have, which is really cool. Anyway, yeah. she has been amazing for my own artwork. <clears throat> but we haven't connected lately because she's been super busy and I've been like just making clay cigarettes. So any check-in will just be me still making clay cigarettes. But I think maybe I that's part of my cigarettes, by the way. Oh, me too. They're so cool. Yeah. They, we'll get to that happy. in a minute because there's a funk involved. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, she's my person. She's who I want to be on the elevator with right now. And, um, there's a lot of people actually. I think that's such a good one. Okay, so what? And what's your third thing? Yeah, the third one is where the breadcrumbs, and this is just like uh, you know picking up the next right thing. What what are the things that are working? What are the things that have been working? That there, I just was listening to a podcast with Greg McEwen. He wrote uh, Essentialism. He has a new book called I think it's called Effortless, and uh, he he says there's a mantra in his family which is never force anything. You're never forcing anything. And I think it's when, especially when the old things quit working, and I'm not saying even, it doesn't even mean that like if the old things quit working, it doesn't mean you have to quit your podcast or quit this thing or quit, but you might have to do it in a different way. You might have to, you might have to approach it in a totally different way. And uh, this idea of like when the old things aren't working, you can feel yourself forcing it. It's, it's funny. All these questions get at things. Where's the life? Where are the allies? Where are the breadcrumbs? They all are things that the reason they're good questions to ask is because you, it's so easy to ignore these things. Yeah. I was going to say they're all there. You're just not paying they're attention. All there. Yeah. It's so weird. It's almost like there's, a, there's opposite things trying to keep us from seeing it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But for me... There are clear things where, you know, I had these, um, I can't, there's like NDA stuff around this. I can't get specific, but I had these amazing meetings, these amazing meetings, life changing, potentially meetings. They ended up not going anywhere, but there were the things that worked, the things that opened those doors I had quit doing. Hmm. There were things that there was just, there was collaboration involved with people that every, every time I collaborate with this person, it is just like, something totally different. And I quit doing it. I haven't made anything with that person in a 
year and a half. Do you think and, it's because of COVID? So, is it because of COVID? Yeah, I think everyone had that forced kind of break. But right. I think also just it is easy to ignore the breadcrumbs. It's easy to something works and you don't like you just don't even you just it's just easy to coast. It's just easy to go to back to old habits. It's easier to turn around and go the other way where the breadcrumbs are already picked up, right? Like that for me, uh, this is such a, a powerful tool of like, what was the last thing I did that just worked like a charm? It just worked frictionless. Uh, and, it, and usually those are new things, things that aren't part of your routine, aren't part of your habit, aren't part of your, how you see yourself, your identity. Those things, you have to be, um, they're easy to slip through the cracks. Uh, it, but when, when you're looking for them, do you, like, like I said, I'm such a list writer. Do you, do you consciously sit down and write about it or how do you find those bread? Yeah, I do. I do. That's that. If, if I'm feeling, uh, and I have been feeling like totally in a funk, feeling like I've lost the thread. I'm, I'm, I'm off on a side road that leads to a dead end. Yeah. And yeah, I will go actually open my notes app. Not very romantic, but that's how I'll do it. And I'll just make bullet points of where's the life? When was the last time I felt the most fully alive? Who are the allies? Who are the people that when I, they're in my life, I'm like, oh, this is where it's at. These are, these are the people. And, and by the way, you know, Brian McDonald, the story expert, he's an example. But the other thing that I've found is they're never just one person. That, that person is supposed to be a doorway to a bunch of things, a bunch of people, connections, other people like them. Even just, you know, I have friends that are um, like YouTube is, I'll just get specific. YouTube has become really interesting to me and I'm going to be taking uh, more time pouring into that for a bunch of reasons. But I've had a, a friend that's a YouTuber and I think sh they are completely unique people, but they're also a doorway into a, a group of people. Mm -hmm. a group, there are people like them. And so um, write down who are those people and, and start making connections with that. And then also making list of the breadcrumbs of what were the things, the most fresh things that I've done that just, they just felt frictionless. And, and yeah, those are, those are things that, um, yeah, I'll just actually make lists. Me too. I love a good list. Okay. So let me ask, you can tell that I'm in a funk because I'm not moving on from this and I want answers from you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is what I want to talk about too, because it's right fresh for me. This is exactly where I am. And, and I feel like for the past two weeks, I, the past two weeks have, the, have been the most on the pulse that I've felt in over a year. Okay. See, I, the past two weeks have been terrible for me. And what I do is I nap. Yeah. It's like my head, I can't handle it. So it's like, well, I'm just going to go sleep for two hours because I use sleep. I use sleep like that all the time. I just, yeah. It's bad because then I wake up and the day is lot, you know, and then I'm like, ah, I wasted the whole day and it didn't do anything for me. And so I've been trying to be more proactive, but, um, well, what was I going to ask you about the breadcrumbs? Um, okay. So if I'm totally making this all about me. Um, if those breadcrumbs, those things that have made you feel alive and there are sparks of excitement and whatever are totally different than what you are known for or um, what your work looks like and you want to take this huge U-turn and it feels like, what the hell am I doing? I've just spent however many years building up this story or this brand or this way of working and now I want to take a left turn. 
guess that's like, I, I'm feeling like I'm stopping myself instead of just going and exploring and being creative. I'm being like, Oh no, no, no. But that doesn't fit into the puzzle that I have yeah. built. So I totally, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. I I'll give you how I've done it or how I've thought about it even recently. Um, but also I just want to say, I do think that there are times and spaces for complete, you know, right turns, massive pivots. To, I, I, there are times where that is the answer. I think right. that, that that's true. Um, but I also feel like for me, the way I've tried to think about it is like dominoes is that, you know, as a artist, I think that there is, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have a deep connection to your right brain that, you know, there's a part of your right brain that has a, you know, um, there's a, I could go deep into this cause I'm, I'm actually like, I'm like reading a book about whole brain living. It's, it's, uh, uh, Jill Bolte Taylor. She has one of the most famous Ted talks of all time. Doctor. I think she's doctor. Um, anyway, uh, they, she talks about the right side of your brain having a timelessness aspect of it that um, isn't bound by the, the, the time of your left brain. And I think when you're in your creativity, there is a part of you that is so deeply timeless that you are connected to your future in your best possible future. You can, to you, it's as close to now as, as anything. You, you feel that like, oh, this is the right thing. Uh, but I think that um, the, the other side of you, the linear side, the left side of you is saying, yeah, but you're not there. And nobody, you haven't taken anybody for the ride. And these are all these people that you, you still want to connect with. You want to bring them along. And I think for me, it's just the balance of thinking of it like dominoes and being like, I see the furthest domino away that I want to knock over. But uh, instead of jumping there, I try to... I try to say the next right, the next right thing has to, that domino, I have to lead it all the way back to where I am stood right now. Mm-hmm. And then do the next right thing in that direction. Take the next road that's pointing towards that direction. Um, but for me, that looks like specifically, you know, six and a half years ago, seven years ago now, I did a talk that led to the podcast. And the talk that I did, it was really about the hero's journey. It wasn't really a creative talk. It was, you know, more life stuff, philosophy, kind of that kind of stuff um, in my own Midwesterner, you know, silly way. I'm, I'm not a philosopher at any, any means, but it was just stuff. This is the stuff I was excited you are the doc- about. You are a doctor of pizza, though. I am a doctor of pizza. So. I don't think that gives me the credentials to, to, be, to be a <laughs> philosopher, but we'll roll with it. Um, and, and, but it wasn't illustration. It wasn't creativity. Uh, it, it was really just a personal thing. And, and, it, and really, I thought, this is what I want to do. This, I want to talk about life. That's what I want to tell stories about life. I, and it really, I didn't even realize at the time. But my thing is like talking about dumb stuff that I did and pulling smart things out of it. That's kind of like, it's all, all of my stories are like this, like this really stupid thing that I did. And then thinking, but then trying to like pull something interesting out of it. And um, that's what this was. And I was tempted to do an about face and just be like, all right, I'm going to go a totally different direction. But I also had, uh, at the time, two kids. I have three kids now. I had two kids and I built an illustration career. And I was like, man, I just don't, I don't see how I can just jump to that domino. 
And that's why I created the podcast. As I just thought, I want to bridge the gap between the future I want to... Like I thought, okay, for a while, I'll be the illustrator who talks. Then eventually, I'll be the talker who also draws. Like, you know, and that... And I'll move slowly towards that. And actually, I'm working on a project right now that is kind of a manifestation of a much closer... It's not a creative career thing. It's not an illustrator thing. It's literally a me telling stories kind of thing. And some of the, you know, they'll be il- illustrated. But, um, but I, yeah, I, I thought of it. I like, I, I pivoted. It's kind of like the, um, the ship can, oh, you hear, if you listen to much of uh, Obama speaking, he always is talking about a ship cannot do a 180. Can only do right. one degree turn at a time. And so, yeah, take, take that five-year destination and start moving the ship that way. But I do right. think, especially as an, you know, if you, you know, if you have, it's like, I feel like if you have a band and you, and you want to keep your connection to your audience and you want to do totally reinvent it, I think most of the time, just make a side band, just make another band because you've already, you've already made a deal with these people um, or, or album by album start course correcting yeah 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 Yeah. that all makes sense that makes me feel a lot better (sighs) okay well breadcrumbs wasn't too abstract i hope no there was a lot of analogies in there i loved all of them the dominoes then the bow love them both so speaking of breadcrumbs let's make some chip crumbs yeah let's do it okay crack open your print popping it oh it didn't pop i didn't hear a pop oh do that I didn't hear that either. Okay. Wow. Well, <laughs> I can't. Thanks re- for nothing, Don't Pringles. Re-pop, you can't repop. That's- yeah. Okay. Have a sniff. Does it t- does it smell like pizza? I never think pizza flavored stuff smells like pizza, but mine just smells like cheese, kind of. Yeah. And I mean, marinara. Maybe you're getting some of the tomato. Like a yeah. cheese chip. My mouth's actually watering. A cheese chip is my favorite chip. Yeah. Well, cheese chips are good. Okay, I'm going. Okay. I'm do you, do you let Pringles, Pringles melt in your mouth or do you not eat, really even eat Pringles? You just did this for me. This is mostly for you. I like <laughs> Pringles. My kids love Pringles, but we don't often have them. But okay. We try not to crunch on. Okay. I'll, I'll lean back away from the mic. Mm, really good though. This does not taste like pizza at all. <laughs> I think probably yeah. in Japan, pizza is yeah. not very big. Or maybe it, yeah, maybe it's a totally different experience, but yeah. It just tastes like cheese and oregano. But when this episode is over, I will eat this entire bag as my breakfast, you know? (laughs) And there will be no crumbs left for me to follow because I will just lick them right out of the bowl. That wasn't too bad. Not too loud or crunchy or smacky. They're quite good, even though they're not very pizza-ish. Anywho, I thought promising to lick chip crumbs out of a bowl was a good moment to take a palate cleansing break to tell you about that episode of Wireframe I mentioned earlier. This one is from last September in season three, and it's titled, Can an app actually help you relax? See, totally on topic for everything Andy and I have been talking about today. So their episode, this one is about relaxing, de-stressing, and sleeping. Personally, that's when my anxiety shows up. When my head hits the pillow and I start thinking, or should I say overthinking, everything from the day and yesterday 
and stuff that happened 10 years ago. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Anyway, I won't spoil the episode, but it's a really interesting look into how design, from apps to products like cooling pillows, attempt to help with this very common problem. You can find Wireframe wherever you get your podcasts, and I've also included a direct link in the show notes for this episode. All right, back to Andy. Hopefully, Pringles are back in the can, and he is ready to solve all of my creative problems. No pressure, Dr. Pizza. Let's do this. Okay, I'm just jumping to my problems, and, and then you can solve them for me. Okay, so here I am. I feel like... And maybe it's June. Did you notice this June thing once you had kids or was that like a thing you always noticed? Because it's also when the school year ends, you know, and I find especially right now, the kids, mm -hmm. all my friends are teachers. Everyone is just clawing towards the finish line because of COVID. But I mean, June's always like that with school, but especially with COVID and anybody that's had to do online learning. My son doesn't, he can actually go to school, but he has to wear a mask all day. So he gets home and he's all sweaty and annoyed because he's been breathing in this mask all day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, did was June always a thing for you or once? I don't know. I can't answer that question because I had kids so early. I've only had I've only been an adult with kids, so I don't. I don't. How old, know. How old are you when you had your first kid? Twenty. I can't remember. Twenty one. Twenty two. No. Yeah, we had a baby, <laughs> <right>. Andy. <laughs> right out of high school. But you know, the truth or uh, not high school, college, but the truth is, is that I think it was partially that I was living in England at the time. And I hadn't got like the millennial memo that we were going to wait to have kids. Oh, I no one did told it like you. my parents did it. And yeah. I, you know, just had kids right out of college. And it honestly, I think now I'm, I mean, I think that there's pros and cons to both ways, but I am pumped for the fact that I'm pretty young with a th almost 13 year old and that has been really fun. Yeah. Uh, so that's and, so did you, and you guys had a new baby? Well, we have, no, we have three kids. Uh, one is our youngest is six. Um, oh, okay. Cause when you said three, I was like, what now you said, now I have three. And I was like, was there a new one? I don't know. Yeah, the okay, time was going all kinds of weird. but that There was a domino and there was a boat and then there was a baby. And I was like, I don't even know what's happening. So many pieces, yeah. <laughs> um, but I agree. Yeah. The, the school year thing, I do think, creates, it probably, it creates a natural shift. And I do think, you know, around the holidays, New Year, that's always a, a reflective time. End of school, that's always a reflective time. And then I always get in a different groove at the end of summer. So I do because don't you find too. in the summer like my email just dries up over the summer? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I like people, people are on vacation, and you know, and it's like you can't get anything done. And like there was one time I was trying to pitch a book during the summer, and I was like, oh, it was just like pulling teeth. It's like, oh, we'll get back to you on Tuesday. Oh, actually, so and so and so and so is out of the office for two weeks, and then you just have to sit here. See, that's the other thing. I think this is my other part of my funk is that I am such a control freak and yeah. I sometimes just want people to get out of my way and just let me do what I want to do. But when you have to rely on other people to make the things happen, like a gallery saying, here's, here's the time that we're going to let you have their show. I, I okay. So I'm just going to talk about myself now. Okay, Andy. Please do. Please do. This is a conversation. <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah. Slurp your coffee. Pretend okay. we're having coffee. Um, so I've been working on this, this sort of installation type work 
I don't want to sell, put it in a commercial gallery. I don't want it to sell. I want to show it as a whole cohesive show. And that's what PETA and I've been working on. But I need to get it out of my basement studio. I cannot photograph it in there. Um, so it's this weird catch 22 because it's like you can't get the show unless you can show it. Yeah. So um, there's a local gallery. I love them. They love me. Um, it's a, like a, a, not a commercial space. It's a public gallery. And they've said, yeah, of course you can show it. I hope they're not listening to this. I love, I love you guys. No pressure. I'm just sharing with Andy. Um, But they keep moving the schedule because, you know, they're booking other shows. Like I get it. I completely get it as a curator, whatever. I get the schedules. I get all the Excel spreadsheets. Fine. But for me, I'm so frustrated because the work is ready and I need some walls to hang it on. If nothing else, but for me to see it cohesively, because it's all in pieces in my studio. I need to see it in a space. Then I want to photograph it because yeah. I can't apply for grants or other shows until I have proof that this work exists. So yeah. there's the limbo. Okay. So that's one thing. Then Andy, I don't know if this happens to you, but every now and then I was watching Charlie, I was about to take him to school. He's putting on his shoes and I'm just chatting with him. And all of a sudden a picture of a new piece totally different than what I'm doing popped into my head. That just randomly happens sometimes. It's like a picture. And I was like, I must make that. It has nothing to do with this huge body of work that I've just made. But now as a creative person, I feel like it's obsession. Like I have to make this thing. So I'm in this weird moment because it's like, but I'm not done with this other stuff yet. Or do I say, Thank you, universe, for giving me something else to do to distract me while I wait for gallery space for this other stuff. So I, I, I'm sort of in this like thing, like, should I go off in this other direction? And, and I don't have to show anybody. I can just go and do it like with oh, yeah. your band analogy, right? Like, I don't have to release this album. I can yeah. just do it to do it. Um, but what I'm kind of worried about, it's almost like cheating on the other body of work. It's like, I feel like, Oh, I hope I don't get distracted by this new stuff. And then the, this, the stuff I've been working on for so long just becomes boring to me. It's, it's not right now, but what if it does? Like, what if in a week or two, I'm like, mm, I don't even want to show that thing that I spent a year working on. Yeah. I mean, I'll just start by saying I very, I relate 100%. I've been in this experience a billion times. Uh, I know exactly what you're describing. And I, the only, uh, I don't think there's I don't think there's any real answer, but I do think that there is there are there's a mindset that I think may help. It helps me when I can remember it to do it. And I think that there's there is something about anytime I'm in the the overly controlling zone mm. of trying to it's the force it thing. It's almost just like there's just instant resistance from from every everywhere. Yeah, Whenever that's I'm exactly trying, what is happening. Yes. It's so I don't even. It's very like abstract, and it sounds kind of mystical or whatever. And I'm, I'm not even claiming that. I'm just saying when I'm in that zone, it's just it's met with resistance everywhere that I go. And I think you know back to this. The, the thing that's on my mind right now is the whole brain living thing. So I'm halfway through that audio book, and it's really good, and I highly recommend it because mainly because 
I feel like when I'm talking to creative people, I'm trying to get them to make friends with their left brain. I'm trying to be like, linear thinking, structures, frameworks, all these things, they're in you. And, 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 and they can be friends. And her, the whole brain living thing is all about like, there's a reason we have all these pieces and we're at our best when we're, we're making all of the parts of you are friends and working to the same end. And, um, and so when I'm talking to creative people, I always am trying to get them to make friends with the left brain. When I'm talking to just general audience who are mostly left brain dominant, I'm always trying to get them to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, I've noticed that my journey is kind of, uh, in a lot of artists that, are, that have any level of success, find any success. Uh, okay, most people's journey is finding the right brain. Most, because left brain dominant people are, are, that's our culture is left brain dominant, which is details, numbers, money, facts, control. Mm-hmm. It's all the left brain stuff. And a lot of people, she describes like the hero's journey for those people is to go to the right brain and bring back stuff to the left brain and, you know, that thing. But I think a lot of, any creative that have found any level of success has somehow used some of the linear left brain logic stuff. I hope I'm not losing anybody here. Um, and if I am, just highlight where, where it is after it's done. Um, but I've just realized like, oh, if those people, they've had to, I, my hero's journey was going from the creative right brain free thinking thing to the left brain. And I've realized that I've become addicted. I've become addicted to goals, numbers, growth, control, and I've forgotten how to play because of that. Yeah, that is exactly and, where I am. And it's and so now the thing that you're talking about of making this piece of work, I think if you would frame it like, oh, that's me just getting back in touch with my play because I can tell I have become imbalanced. When I get really, really control obsessed and I'm looking at the numbers and they're not moving and you know, I'm plat, you know, all those things I can tell like, Oh, I'm uneven. I've lost my essence. I've lost my other side. And that's why my, uh, because I've noticed that about myself, I'm doing what you're doing, which is saying, okay, I'm going to go make this thing just for fun. And I'm, and when you frame it as I'm doing this to reconnect, doing this to connect all of it, because if you do that thing for fun, what's probably more likely is you're going to exercise that play muscle and that play is go, you're going to bring that play and looseness back to the thing that you're obsessively trying to control. You're going to bring that fun in life back to it. And you're like, Oh, remember this is supposed to be fun. Doing the show is supposed to be a good time. Right. I, can, I forgot how to have a good time. because I was so much trying to control it. And so for me, I've, because I've realized like, Oh man, I'm like stuck in the left brain. I've forgotten. I'm such a playful person. I've forgotten how to play. That's like, losing myself, I've decided that for the time being, uh, I'm going to make TikTok uh, a place where I am not allowed to be strategic. I'm not allowed to do anything on purpose. I'm only allowed to have fun and, and, and it's not for any end goal. And, and so I'm trying to find, so I do think having spaces like that, where you're like, I don't even know if this is going anywhere. I know it's a distraction. I think if you can just label it as like, that's me remembering what it's like to be right-brained and, and that'll help me anywhere I go. I I, yes, I love all of that because it's so true because 
my left brain, because I am super organized. Yeah. Um, like when I first started in design at an ad agency, um, I was a good designer, but I was also one of the most organized designers they'd ever met. So they yeah. sa- they said after I'd been there for a year or two, would you like to stay on the design team or would you like to go to the account management team? Because yeah. <laughs> they're like, you could be really good at both. And I was, I really thought about it. You know, I sort of took a weekend to think, and I was like, I don't think I can't, I can't not make stuff. So I stayed on the design side, but I do very much have that. And it's sometimes to a fault, you know? So I think, you know, having that picture in my head of this thing I want to make, I instantly started applying goals to it. It's like, well, where would I show that? And blah, blah, blah. Would I sell that? And where would I put that? And instead of just being like a kid and being like, oh my God, I got to go glue that stuff to that other stuff. Yes. And so I think that is such good advice. Oh, see, I knew I was like, I'm going to have chips. I'm going to have Andy. And then I'm going to go get my gray roots taken care of. This is going to be a great day. That is great. And I, you caught me on a good day. Cause I, like I said, I've had two weeks of feeling back reconnected. So two weeks ago, you would have been like, I don't know, just quit, quit everything. I would have, <laughs> I, I was in that zone where I was just like, you know what? It doesn't matter anyway. You're going to yeah. get to the end of that road. You're going to be in the same place you were. Yeah. You know, Who cares? Just go have a nap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Can I tell you one other thing that I feel yes, please. stressed about? And this feels a bit douchey uh, <laughs> uh, to my listeners, but I'm just going to talk about it because they're very supportive. I did a, I just figured out how to do polls on Instagram. This is how old I am. How do you do a poll? Anyway, I did one the other day to say, should my next book be a kid's book or a grown-up book? Mm-hmm. My agent, who I love, Kate Woodrow, I've been like, she was my editor at Chronicle and now she's an agent and she's amazing. And I really, really trust her. And she's saying adult book. So I put it out on my little poll because I totally know how to do polls now. And um, everyone said adult book. Mm. It won like 70 to 30. Yeah. Um, now, here's the thing. I don't have an idea for either. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't really, that doesn't really matter. I don't know what to do. I love writing books. I love doing my kid's book. Mm. I feel like a deer in headlights. Like, and I think it's what you're saying. I was applying this as you were talking, like the forcing it thing. I think I'm trying to force another book. And it's yeah. like, maybe there will never, ever be another book. Yep. It makes me feel sad. But yeah. I don't want to just crank something out to put out a book. I want it to be, if I'm, I've always the way I've always approached any project is I want it to be impactful. I want it to like actually make a difference to somebody. It either makes them laugh or it helps them. Like what you were saying, like give them that creative pep talk, like give them, you know, help them access their right brain if they need that. And right now I just feel like, I mean, I have ideas, but it just, they feel pointless. They feel like, what's the point? I'm going to go have a nap. So I'm trying to take a deep breath and to put it on the back burner. Like yep. my husband, Greg is really good about this stuff. And he always points out that my ideas just come to me when I'm out for a run or when I'm randomly doing things. And he said, when you sit down and you're like, what will my next book be? He's like, it's never going to come. No, that's not, he's like, your ideas have never come that way. And he said, you have to just take a deep breath. But I think because the world is reopening, I feel like I'm supposed to be reopening and I'm supposed to have 12 million projects on the go and I'm supposed to have pitches ready. And I don't. And I, that's why I'm like, can't I just stay in my sweatpants for like another six months because nothing else fits. A, 
way too many chips and B, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And, oh, and C, and C, through COVID, my, my own artwork has become way more of a priority to me. It, you know, it was always on the back burner to Jaws curator stuff. Yeah. And because of meeting PETA and because of like having this sort of quote unquote time to like not be traveling all the time, like, you know, I've been able to go to my studio at least five hours a day. My own artwork has become super important to me. So it's just this very limbo-y deer in headlights moment where I don't know, like as far as gels curator and books, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Tell me what to do, Andy. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm waiting. But, but I will tell you what it, it makes me feel like because okay. I I've, you know, those are experiences that are familiar to me and I, I feel all those things. I think one thing I, you know, massive props to your husband because I think that uh he's absolutely right in that, you know, I feel like um when we're forcing ideas that's usually coming from, for me, uh, trying to be somebody else. Someone tr trying to have ideas like somebody else. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've tried to get better at is um, not having ideas, but notice the ideas that I have. Because the types of, because I think one thing, I think when we say idea, even, I think we, uh, we all mean different things. Like we, I think we all, the way that, ideas come to different people are everybody has a different flavor of what that looks like. And so, you know, I, I don't have, I don't have, uh, I don't have visual ideas. That doesn't, that's not, I don't do that. What I have is, you know, my practice, I was working with a creative person um, and I was, and he was more similar to me and I was saying, but he loves art and he's good at making visual art. And, uh, and I said, you know, for me, because I think of words, I think in, you know, phrases and ideas coming to me like that, I always try, if I'm going to make work for myself, I will write an article, even if I don't publish it, and then illustrate the article. Like, and that's the way that my ideas come to me. And so... I, you know, and so I... So when I, I said the thing about the picture popping to my head, that doesn't That doesn't happen, happen to me. No. Oh doesn't happen to me. It just doesn't. What the, I, and, and so, yeah, noticing, noticing what you, I think so much of what an artist, being an artist is about is noticing what the machine in your head, what kind of, what does it do with the input? What does it just, you're just like, you're the, Jerry Seinfeld. Did we are talk about him today. I don't know why yep. this is going on. Quick little Jerry at the beginning. Yeah. Drinking coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he talks about, Finding what kind of woodchuck you are. What do you chuck? He's a joke chuck. He just, that's just what his brain as a machine produces. And I think the reason that's so valuable is it's effortless. You just, you're just collecting what it does. You're just like, okay, here's what mine does. What mine does is I always try to get to the bottom of stuff. I loved this idea of, um, I heard this, I hate email, really bad at email. I heard this mathematician say, um, he retired from email like in the 90s. Uh, and he was like, email is great for people that, whose job it is to stay on top of stuff. My job is to get to the bottom of things. And that's how I feel. My, my job, the, what I feel like my brain does is, I, and that's why I love philosophy, is they always ask why again until there's no more answers. And that, my brain just naturally wants to say, well, what's behind that? What's behind that? What's behind that? I just, that's how my brain works. And so I'm always trying to get to the bottom of stuff. Um, anyway, 
Well, you know, what's interesting about that is that you, that, that I just, yeah, it's almost like you don't notice your specialness because you You just assume it's the way everyone thinks. So you don't even count it. Like I just assumed visual people have images. Like I said to you, oh, this probably happens to you all the time. I was watching Charlie get ready and this picture popped in my head. I just, I didn't assume that was a specialness about me. I just thought that was like a standard. That is the other thing that is, I talk about this all the time uh, with a few close friends of mine. You know, it's the idea, it's a philosophical idea of the fish noticing water. Like there's a, there's that story of like a, the science scientist fish who's telling all the fish, I just discovered water. You guys, your minds are going to be blown. And they're like, we can't wait to see it. Like you're, it's everywhere, man. Like, and that's what your, <laughs> your gifts are like that. You're, it's so second nature to you. You don't even know they're weird. It's effortless. But, and because it's effortless, you feel like it doesn't count. Exactly. Exactly that. And so I, so I think one thing that is, if I, in that zone, I think that uh, your husband's exactly right. Just like, instead of trying to have ideas, trying to force a thing to happen, just see what ideas you have just and, and notice how, how do these ideas come to me? Because not only, not only will you be able to recognize them when they're happening and value them and steward them, you'll also notice just like what you just said, which is they happen when I'm running. They happen. Mm-hmm. These are the, and then instead of trying to have an idea, do the things, do the things that, that cause ideas to happen. That's, yeah. I think, and, and then I, and I think just trust it. A good example of that is, um, when I'm writing a story for the podcast or for talks uh, or for the comics that I do on Instagram, I, I've just like, I'm become a, uh, this is a Jim Collins thing. He's a business writer. He, he, he said, he calls it Jim the bug. So he has this ongoing Excel spreadsheet where he studied himself like a bug for, for his entire life to see what are the habits? When do I, when do those good ideas happen? What, what are the circumstances? What are the, what are all the things in common? And I've noticed like, oh, I love it. And I, and I think creators, that's that, and that's how you get to the water, the fish and water that, you know, learning what are, what your automatic behaviors are. Because um, for me, I've just realized like when I tell a story, if I, like another thing he says is the worst thing that could happen isn't um, not having success. The worst thing is having success and not knowing how you did it because then it's a plague. Then it's just like, you know, then, you know, it's a one hit wonder and it's going to haunt you forever. And I think I've always had a sense of that. So anytime I've had a good idea, I've always been like, how did that happen? What? And, and so when I've come up with stories or jokes for a story or, you know, little tags, all that kind of stuff. I've always been very observant of what happened. And I noticed that for me, it almost always starts with a, a brain dump where I say yes to every tangent, just mm-hmm. every single tangent, because that's what my brain does because I'm a divergent ADHD thinker. My brain is all tangents. It's tangents all the way down. And I've just learned that if I will pull on those, the weirdest, funniest, strangest connections will happen. And I just, and, and it's, there's a level of trust that is necessary to happen for you to have your next, next book. That's really a book that you're meant, you're, you're here to write. You gotta, you gotta trust that, that, that it'll happen because the, that's the, you know, when I'm writing the way that I write that gets interesting stuff, the only way I do it is to trust myself. Trust the tangent. When it comes and you're like, this has nothing. This isn't funny. This isn't interesting. It has nothing to do with what you're talking about. I have to trust like, yeah, but that's, that's, 
it's doing stuff like this that, yeah. that where these things come from. Yeah. And that, that is a level of trusting yourself that I think is necessary. Uh, and because I think that's, I, the, that's what I've done with all my other books. Like they're all, <clears throat> they all came from patterns. They all came from noticing like, oh, this topic keeps coming up or like people kept telling me the exact same, like the, the kid's book came because people kept saying, oh, when I was seven years old, I was told I couldn't be an artist. And I don't, I literally heard that thousands of times. Yeah. And I was like, well, there you go. Like it was, it was just like a no brainer for me. And I feel maybe it's because I don't talk to people. <laughs> I just, there's, yeah, I just have to like, A, relax and B, trust those tangents. And I'm, I feel like I'm so tightly wound right now. And I'm supposed yeah. to have all these answers coming out of quarantine that I'm like, you know, people are like, what's next? And I'm like, <laughs> 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 and I think that, yeah, this has been very cathartic. You know what we didn't do, Andy? What? Well, we ate the chips, but oh, there we was no painters. We didn't talk about painters. I just want to quickly say one thing that I've been doing. Yeah. And then I got to go get my hair did. One of the things I've been doing in this time of funk is because I've obviously had to continue posting, and which I love that that's never hard. Um, but what I've been really, really drawn to is there's a few Instagram accounts that I follow that are really process heavy. Mm -hmm. So it's videos like reels, reels kind of annoy me to be perfectly honest. You're going through your feed and it's like so much music and it's so many things happening. Uh, but yeah, there's been so many cool process videos with like paint getting, getting splashed in slow-mo or people like doing really weird things with ceramics and you know, um, what's it called when they speed up the thing? Time-lapse. That's the one. And that stuff is like a drug for me because it's like, Ooh, now I want to make stuff. So I, there's a few accounts that I've been following. I'm just going to say what they are. I'll put them in the show notes, but, um, and I'm going to say names wrong. I'm sure. Alex Voinia, Voinia. I think he's Spanish. He's amazing. He splashes paint in slow-mo all neon. It's crazy. It's like drugs. Um, Helen Dardick. Do you know her? Love, yeah, I love. She was in uh, my creative pep talk book. I love, and I oh, her okay. process videos. I feel exactly the same. When I every time I see one, I'm like, oh man, it's so so flowy, <laughs> and it feels it feels like a stream of consciousness. Yeah, it's like, does she have a plan? I don't does know. That just I don't happen. Know. I know, and I I will just watch them like like a kid in front of like the TV on Saturday morning, like just mouth open, cereal in hand, just like what? I just love it, and then. Andy, did you see the embroidered pizza that I posted the other day? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I will send it, you a link. So I think it's a Japanese artist. I'm going to say, if not, I-P-N-O-T. That's the handle. Okay. I don't know if it's a man Japanese or a woman. Japanese pizza is the theme of oh this. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Anyway, it's crazy. And this person posts um, process videos and stuff all the time. And again, it just gets my juices flowing. Yeah. And that's what I've really needed lately because, you know, when I started Jealous Curator, I started it because I was so jealous of everybody and I would see all this artwork and I would think, oh, I wish I made that. And I'm kind of in that, you know, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to be jumping all over the place. You know, I've, I've got a visual vocabulary now. I've got a point of view. I love my cigarette butts. I, I want to keep going with all of that. Yeah. So seeing art that I love that's totally different is kind of messing me up a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. So what I've been trying to do is 
for myself and for my, they're just coming along for the ride, whether they like it or not. The, the people that follow me on Instagram, I've been posting all of these process videos because I need that. Like I yeah. need to get those creative juices flowing and feel like, okay, I'm going to watch that mouth open for like maybe 10 minutes. I'll watch it over and over a bunch of times. And then I'm rolling up my sleeves and going to the studio because now I feel excited again. And that's sort of where I've been um, when it comes to looking at other artists. Who did you bring for me? You didn't tell me what. I did. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, I will just say real quick, one word that comes to mind in that process, um, something I think a lot about is actors call it priming. And it's where they'll listen to a song or they'll watch a clip or whatever to get to prime the emotion they're about to go into. And I use that a lot, similar to just what you're doing. It's just, how do you just prime the pump a little bit before you just jump in cold? Um, that I, t- I totally feel that. And for me, the p- three people came to mind um, and they're all for the same reason. So they're Carson Ellis, uh, who I'm a huge fan of, David Shrigley and oh. Taro Gami. Uh, I love all these people. And I realized, I think why I return to them and why they get my, why they prime the pump, so to speak, creatively is because they all remind me that art isn't about skill and they're all skilled, but that's not what I love about what they do. What I love about what they do is their taste. They're able to do something in such a way that just it feels right. It feels right. And it's, and they all make work that has a, a, uh, a deceptive simplicity. Mm-hmm. They're able to draw a circle in such a way in the in a wonky way where you're like, Oh, that feels so good. And it, it just reminds me, art doesn't have to be perfect. I don't need to go into there and impress anybody. I'm not trying yeah. to impress anybody I'm trying to connect. And connection means showing your flaws, showing your humanity. All three of those people. When I look at, do you know Taro Gami? He's the illustrator who did uh, Everybody Poops. Oh, yeah, yeah. A famous book, but he's actually this super prolific, I think Japanese uh, picture book maker. He has hundreds of books and they are all simple and they're all simply perfect in this very human, very like, there's nothing crazy about it. I can't even put my finger on it. Other than the vernacular, there's a, it is him. You just, yeah, every yeah. time you're like, and that's what I love. I like when the humanity's coming through it. And so they, they always make art feel not intimidating because they're the three of the best artists I know. And none of them are doing anything that is going to blow your mind technically, but it is going to blow, blow you away. And, and so those three people come to mind for me. I love it. And that's such a nice, that's a very nice message to end on. It's just, it doesn't have to be perfect. And and what I love about the things you always say is about basically being uniquely you, you know, like your superpower is you. And we know what I we were just saying about the effortless thing is like, I had my mom on for mother's day. Oh, that's cool. And she, she's a watercolor painter and I keep, I, I, I mean, she's finally getting it, but like, I, I was telling you for years, watercolor is really hard and you make it look effortless. And so she was trying all these other things, which is awesome. Like that she wanted to push herself and try other things, but it was almost like she didn't count watercolor as art because it was just too easy for her. Oh yeah. And so she finally has embraced it. But like, I think that's the thing is like realizing that the things just, that just come naturally to you are your superpower. That, that is what makes you special. And 
write it down, whether it's in your notes app or in a pretty book, you know, because I think um, maybe all of us need to do that. All of us little cicadas need to like just take a moment and figure out coming out of this loop or this whatever weird yeah. moment in time coming out of the shell you gotta yeah. shed, uh, shed the past yeah like who, those, let those wings dry you, know, you gotta right. do the whole process <laughs> but you only have a week because then you're gonna die no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love turn it straight really yeah. super dark I, yeah. I just want to can i just add one real quick thing i know we gotta of go of course I'm just gonna last thing i was gonna say we're all so unimpressed with ourselves and so when we go out there we think we're not gonna impress them with just ourselves but I do, it goes right back to these three artists. Your job isn't to impress. Forget that. That isn't the job. The job is connect. And we connect by our shared humanity. We connect by showing what is unique to us. And so I do feel like that it's the ego thing, I think, that distracts us. It's the ego of like, my job is to come in there and impress everybody. And you look at yourself in your mirror and you're like, this isn't impressive. So I've got to come up with something different. But if, right. you, if you think my job isn't to impress impress. My job is to connect and I'm going to connect by showing up as my authentic self and being who I really am. That's, that's what I've got. Um, so yeah, I think, I think you're, you're right on with that. That is perfect. Oh, see, I knew this was going to be, should I, are you going to invoice me for this therapy session or? <laughs> I'm not a doctor. <laughs> This is why, this is why I was so looking forward to talking to you because I was like, I know I'm going to come out of this feeling so much better. Not with like the answers. I was hoping actually you'd give me a book to pitch, but anyway, right. a bit disappointing. <laughs> <know> um, <laughs> no, but it feels, it's a beautiful sunny day here. And I feel like I'm going to just take a breath chill out and maybe write maybe maybe the danielle the bug spreadsheet needs to start and um yeah so many awesome gems from you again let's toast with a pizza chip oh yeah and uh i will ching, and i will let you on with your day have a big crunk thanks danielle thanks danny bye and exhale <sighs> I knew I would feel better after talking to Andy. I always do. Fingers crossed you're not in a creative funk at the moment, but when that does happen, because inevitably blocks show up for all of us from time to time, I hope this episode has given you lots of ideas and tips for getting unstuck. I am going to head to the studio with the rest of my pizza chips to do a little playing just for fun. Thanks so much to Andy for, well, being Andy. Thanks to Wireframe for supporting my last four episodes. Find them wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And as always, huge thanks to you for listening. There will be more art for your ear next weekend. See you then. Mm -hmm.